live streaming is on. Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Look at all our shirts. Today is January the 17th. 2020 strong hand long-term thinking offended by selling unconfiscatable bitcoin is the next bitcoin one bitcoin equals one bitcoin we've got some guys here with some conviction today ed is coming in from the east coast we got has mccook is back on the show last time he was on i was with him he is in australia beautiful sydney australia and we've got a very special guest he hasn't been on the show for a while gabriel is in venezuela He's going to tell us what's really going on with the Petro. I had a discussion with him yesterday. God willing, his internet does not go off because go out because the internet's kind of weird down there. Now, we have breaking news. We were going to start off with the usual stuff, but Hass informed me that what stop the flow guy, one trillion, what's his name? Randy. He just came out with he just came out with a new article. And Hass is going to tell us about this article, so all of you don't have to ask me about this article a million times. Tell us all about this, Hass. All right. So, there's, as you guys all know, uh, there's been a lot of uh, uh, back and forth on Twitter about the efficient market hypothesis and whether the Bitcoin halving is priced in or not. So, uh, a lot of people have come out, uh, said their piece, and uh, Plan B uh, has come out with his uh, with his own little piece. Uh, talking about the the EMH and stock to flow, so uh, effectively, what uh, what Plan B is concluded is uh, we can say that uh, Bitcoin is an efficient uh, market with a lot of information already priced in, and uh, one of the indicators of uh, of that is it's now uh, almost impossible uh, to arbitrage uh, Bitcoin and make money. And uh, uh, what he means by arbitrage is, let's say. Uh, buying Bitcoin with US dollar, then moving it to an exchange uh, somewhere in Europe, you know, selling the Bitcoin for Euro, converting the Euro back to US dollar and pocketing the difference. So back in the old days, that used to be relatively easy to do. Uh, but nowadays, all of that, uh, all of that arbitrage opportunity is gone, which uh, leads many to believe that uh, Bitcoin is, you know, medium form uh, uh, efficient. Now, the interesting thing is uh, that, that he uh, sort of presents is a risk model uh, in parallel to the stock to flow. And effectively, uh, where he's heading at there is uh, there's a lot of all public information is priced in, uh, but all risks are also priced in. And there's several risks such a, uh, that, you know, investors are afraid of, such as something like a, a mining death spiral after the halving or government banning Bitcoin, or stuff like that. Now, these risks are all priced in until they disappear. So the argument is, as these risks uh, start to disappear, price will start falling more in line with the stock-to-flow model. So, for example, one of the first uh, risks that we're going to put to the test is the death spiral after the halving, and we'll see what happens uh, in four months. I don't think there's going to be any death spiral uh, whatsoever. And uh, the market, once they see that there's no death spiral, uh, the risk will be eliminated from the calculus and uh, price should start heading up, number go up. So uh, that's effectively uh, the crux uh, of, uh, of the article. Now, I recommend everyone uh, read it and his uh, other pieces. Uh, a lot of uh, good uh, nuggets of gold in there. Plan B, people. Uh, a lot of you do read him, and a lot of you ask me about that stock-to-flow model. All right. This week, though, we've heard about institutions coming into Bitcoin, silently buying up Bitcoin. Uh, at the same time, uh, Bitcoin is up 20% on the year. Uh, more and more people are talking about the halving. Uh, I, I, on past shows of mine, linked to below. And by the way, all these guys are linked to below. Check them out. That stock-to-flow article is linked to below also. Uh, by Plan B and all the stuff that Gabriel's going to talk about about Venezuela is linked to below. Now, the, the thing that, that happened this week that's interesting, or this year so far, Bitcoin being up 20%, it seems, and the altcoins pumping this week, especially altcoins that have halvings coming up, 
It's as if people are finding out about this having, and as it's like a marketing tool. It's like, oh, this thing sounds good, better buy. Now that's just a hypothesis on my part. Uh, no technicals in there. But Ed, what did you think about this week in terms of the the altcoins pumping and the having being talked about? Uh, what, what was your theory for what was going on and Bitcoin being up twenty percent on the year? Yeah, there are three things going on this week. Um, yes, we've seen some movement in altcoins. I, I think a big part of that is just that they've been down so long and they've overextended the bear market. Uh, markets have begun to come back for the main coins and altcoins were still dragging. So it just became a matter of time before traders and speculators started to think, okay, it's time for these to start coming back. Let's start putting some money in. And that started to cause a rise. So we've been seeing more of that in the past week or so. Um, but then there was the additional bump that happened. Uh, I don't know uh, how much you guys follow BSV and some of the stuff that's going on over there, but there was some BSV related news with, with Craig Wright and the purported return of the keys. But for whatever reason, BSV um, only trades on one major exchange that I'm aware of, and it's got a very limited market but that makes it very susceptible to large price movements. And it had a, a whopper of a price movement. Now, although it's only traded in one place that's meaningful, it still shows up in the list. It still jumps up on the chart as being having a huge market cap. It's not based on real liquidity, but when you multiply that number of coins times that price, it jumps up on the market cap chart. So everybody saw it and they saw the huge bump. And what happened was there was a secondary bump in altcoins, specifically forked coins. So everything that was also a fork of SV got a sort of bump. And that was, I think, because of the following mentality. Oh, that's right. These fork Bitcoin forks can rise in price dramatically. Look at what's happening to BSV. Oh, why haven't we been putting money into BCH? Why haven't we been putting money into Bitcoin gold? Why haven't we been putting money into even, we saw a movement in Bitcoin diamond, which I don't know if anybody even remembers exists, but that thing took a bump up too. Cause it was just speculators saying, okay, let's let's pump some money in there to see how much it rises. Maybe we can make a trade here. Um, in the case of Bitcoin gold, it's been wonderful for us, not because of the temporary bump, but because it reminded people that we are on a multitude of exchanges. We've got serious liquidity and there's something to trade there, but it's been less popular to trade during sort of the doldrums of, of crypto winter and the doldrums of the altcoins sort of lagging. It woke our markets back up and we're seeing tremendously increased volumes that continue long past the nonsense spike. Uh, so we're very happy to have retained some of that gain and our community, of course, is thrilled to see a big chunk of that gain returned. Um, and the activity returning and the trading returning, which is always necessary to, to have a thriving economy and ecosystem. You really need to have that act, active trading. So we're glad to see that. Um, so that really helped all the forks, the smart forks and the dumb forks. Um, you can have your opinions on the forks, but yeah, that, that BSV definitely played into the, the price spike we saw this week. And some of that trickled out to the rest of the market too. I mean, if someone did make a killing on, on the bump in one of those coins, they, they take out that money, they're gonna put it somewhere else. Where else do they put it? Well, they put it into Bitcoin, they put it into Litecoin, they put it into Ethereum. That's why you see all these other coins rising up as a result of a nonsense spike in a coin that people don't necessarily follow. It, it's still positive for the market and it excites traders. It reminds them that there's activity, volatility. They play the risk, they play the volatility. That's how they make their money. Dude, that was a very good explanation. You answered some questions of mine before I even asked them. Pound that like button for the crypto dividend spike. Yes, we, we, we're not going to talk about the BSV thing. It was a nonsense spike indeed. But it did. Uh, people did do well off of it and they started throwing their money around. Now, that, that's for all you long-term thinkers out there, if you did, if you did well on a, on a gamble, then you just walk away from the table. But as you see, most people don't walk away from the table and they kept throwing that money in there. Um, well, Gabriel, how you doing, man? Un hello, hello, everyone. Can you guys hear me? Hey, Gabriel. Dude. Yeah, I'm so, so, I'm so happy. What, what are you, thank, you, we get, thank you for inviting me. Go ahead. Before we get into the Petro, before we get yeah. into on the ground, what what what's your what's your take on the Bitcoin spike this year so far? Well, I think oh, no. it has been it has been beautiful for the first time. Uh, it seems like we're finally stop stopping this bear market extension from June, and uh, I I really thought it could go a little lower. Still, I'm still expecting some lower numbers still uh, on that market makers move. You know. 
They are specialists in making you think that the bull run has finally started and then they just dump it on you. You know, they're specialists. They play with your mind. So we have to be aware and just do not sell. When it goes down, just don't sell. Don't worry. Just take it out. Wait it out. And then it will come back up and we'll take it to the moon. <laughs> strong, strong hand is what he basically said. Okay, we're going to get to you in a second about the Petro because you've got – uh, some pretty crazy news down there. I just I wanted uh, Hass yes. to have the word on here because Hass, you gave us that beautiful summary of uh, Plan B. But I want to hear your thoughts on institutional investors coming into the space, the having, the price in, in uh, 2020. Is this the beginning of the having run up that we're in here, Hass? Yeah, I, I believe Hass. I believe so. We Yo, are, wait, wait, we, we got starting- that, was for, that was for Hass. Has did you hear that? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, go ahead, please. Has uh, look. Uh, anyone that tells you they know what's happening uh, with the price and which way is going, uh, is probably uh, you know being a bit uh, a bit ambitious. So no one really knows uh, what's happening. And I uh, I agree with uh, with Gabriel. There's still a lot of manipulation in the market, and uh, and that's one of the things. That's one of those risks that Plan B was also talking about keeping investors away, people worried about manipulation, low liquidity. We saw the example of what low liquidity does uh, this week with uh, BSV quadrupling in price. Uh, now, one of, uh, one of my theories about uh, the big bumps in, uh, in uh, BSV and Bitcoin Cash and whatnot is that these forks will die during the halving. Uh, but not anymore because they have doubled their price. Uh, so they've effectively guarded, uh, uh, you know, their, uh, you know, their effectively their hash rate. So uh, uh, people are expecting revenue to halve after the halving, so uh, that those coins would end up in a death spiral. But it didn't take too much money to to pump up their price to double. So now when the when the you know when the supply halves, uh, miners won't need to move their hash rate from uh, from uh, Bitcoin Cash or BSV over to Bitcoin. So there's still heaps of manipulation. Uh, with regards to, to institutions, look, I think once institutions get a sniff of, uh, of Bitcoin, you're looking uh, at, a, at a price of the very high five digits. Uh, so while it's still, you know, in the $8,000 range, I, uh, I don't think it's credible to believe institutional investors are there. So to you know, to maintain this price, let's just round it up to nine thousand US. Only five billion dollars of yearly investment is required. Uh, you know, five billion is a pittance, uh, and there's lots of uh, institutional investors, single entities that would be willing to throw down five billion. So, in terms of uh, institutional investment, uh, I don't think it's there, and I don't think it will be there uh, until the the magic uh, trillion dollar number surfaces yes that's the, the tapiero line dan tapiero yeah. said something similar that's what intrigues these people but we've got these articles coming out this week uh, saying uh, uh the barry silbert said he's getting all this interest from institutions they're buying buying up gbtc uh i mean it's it's a small it's it's on a smaller scale you're talking mega scale here basically yeah well, I'm glad I'm glad you're getting everybody excited about the five-digit realm. We all got to get used to that five-digit realm when it comes. Uh, and you you did allude to something that Ed alluded to also, and that was the how easy it is to to pump some of these uh, coins. And with the BSV, it's pretty clear that there was some fake news that was about to come out about it. So some people over there they buy some and it. It can excite people. It's all it's all very coordinated, very easy. Um, it's, Ed, a, it's a oh. textbook example of uh, buy the rumor, sell the news. So give uh-huh, it another yes. when we find out this bonded courier is another myth, and uh, the sale of that news is uh, is going to be epic. I hope uh, not too many people longed at four hundred on BSV because the yeah because they're in for a bit of a wreckage. Well, it's already down to a hundred, but I mean, it's uh, people bought it that high, you know, good, good luck to them. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin people. Absolutely. Just, uh, yeah. Anyway, but I, I want, I want Ed's take on the, the, the death spiral, a possible mining death spiral of, of, of Bcash and BSV um, as, as we approach the halving and what day is Bgold's having? 
Uh, I'm going to disagree with Haas on the effects of the having. Um, I, I'm a longtime believer, based on my analysis, that mining always follows price. Um, and it, I think this is going to be the time that sort of demonstrates that that's going to be the case. Um, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and BSV all use the same kind of hash rate, SHA-256, so they all use the same ASIC miners. So what we're going to see, since they have on different days, we're going to see when each one of them halves, we'll see their miners, about half of their hash power, flee to the other coins because the other coins will become dramatically more powerful. But we'll also see the opposite happen when Bitcoin halves. It's going to happen in this order because uh, Bitcoin Cash is estimated to have on April 6th, January, March, April 4th, yeah, 4 6, April 6th. Um, and then we're going to see a lot of their miners disappear when that block reward gets cut in half because there's no fees in there at all. Um, we're going to see the same thing happen on BSV on the 8th. So that's just two days later. We're going to see the little spike that they picked up from people leaving BCH. We're going to see all that leave. And all of those miners that are lost by BCH and BSV are all going to flow into BTC because that's the real sink for hash rate for these ASICs. But then on May 6th, the Bitcoin halving is going to roll around. And I'm using the estimates off of CoinDance for the dates yeah. in case somebody cares. So on, on the 6th of May, that's when Bitcoin's going to have, and suddenly their reward is going to be cut in half. Now, they have a little bit in the way of, of uh, uh, fees as well, so that's going to buffer it a little bit, but that's a small fraction compared to the block reward. So when their block reward gets cut in half, we're going to see the hash rate for BTC drop down as well. But it's not going to drop as hard. What happens is the total hash rate in that space is divided by the total amount of money available in coins across all of those coins. And because Bitcoin is the dominator in terms of the, the value of those coins because the price is so much dramatically higher. But we can estimate the math. We can look at this and see and predict exactly how much that hash rate is going to drop because of those profit-seeking miners jumping out to those other coins because there's some profit to be made. Uh, I, I'm going to write up a post on this just so I can you know, put my predictions down ahead of time. But this is going to be a textbook example of Hash rate follows price. Um, and you did ask when when the uh, Bitcoin gold having is. Um, I have a countdown clock up here somewhere. Here it is. Uh, we're looking at April 8th right now. Early morning GB, uh, UTC time, early morning on April 18th, 18th of April. So we're going to happen between those. Uh, we're not going to be affected by that movement of hash power because we're using a modified equihash so it's completely unrelated hash rate we don't compete with bitcoin we don't compete with bitcoin hash rate we stay completely off of that but we'll see that exact same effect where when our reward gets halved pe people who mine using gpus are going to move some of that mining out to other gpu coins because a lot of miners they follow the profit now, I, I just want to talk about the halving as a marketing tool here for a second. Since more and more people are going to be talking about the halving as this beautiful event, there are going to be people that are going to be buying Bitcoin because of this reason. And I, I think it could help the other coins that say, oh, we have a halving also. Uh, that's what I thought might have played a little bit of a role uh, in, in this week. But uh, we'll see if people get excited about the other halvings just for the heck of it. Like, oh, B Cash is a having a having also. B Gold's having a having also. B Diamond's sure. having a having also. I, I, I want to get into it. So, uh, if I can we'll, add we'll something there. Yeah. Um, this also plays right into what we opened with efficient market hypotheses. There's still the burning question, and it's the same for all the altcoins as it is for Bitcoin. It's the same for anyone that has a having. Is the having going to drive the price up because of the reasons that it might, or is it already priced in? Because we all know the having is coming on May something. So since everybody knows they can price that information in, well, then maybe the price will drop after the having because everyone's going to buy now on the rumor and sell later on the news. Or maybe that'll not work out. Maybe it's not totally efficient. Maybe people don't realize the impact of having. And after the having, they'll realize, oh, the miners that get these coins aren't going to be selling as much to subsidize their miners and their electricity and everything else. So the amount being dumped in the market goes down and that's gonna be good for price long-term. And oh, look, the inflation rate just got cut in half because of the halving. And that's great for this as a store of value. So people will be jumping in afterwards. How much of that is priced in? How efficient is the market? The halving is a great chance to see. Well, this is, you say everybody knows. First of all, everybody is not <laughs> even here. Every, everybody, everybody isn't even here yet. Some of the people that are gonna be buying uh, having they're still in no coiner land or they're still in i'm scared land because i was here in 2017 and it dropped so much they don't I, I, everybody right. everybody should know everybody should know but so many people in this market i mean 
they're in it for the, the next, uh, next altcoin flavor of the month. So Bitcoin having might be a flavor of the month type of thing that people, uh, that those impulsive type of people want to get into. And put it, put it into the layperson news for sure. You're right. You're right. Indeed. And I will say this. I think, um, I think, yeah, there'll be a lot of people uh, buying the rumor and then they will sell the news. It, it will go down after the halving. It went down after the last halving. I think it's going to be the same thing that happened last time in 2016. The run-up is starting now. It, the have, it'll go down a little bit before the halving. And then it'll go down after the halving. And then as we get to the new Back year, it goes, yeah, it is same, same type of thing. All right. I've, 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 I've talked too much. Um, Hass, did you have anything to respond? Because he was responding to you there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, hash rate does follow price. And uh, and that's why uh, I think people won't flee uh, BSV because even though the supply is halving, uh, the price tripled. Uh, so right now, probably one of the most profitable coins to mine uh, on SHA-256 <clears throat> would be BSV. Uh, but why would you mine shit? And uh, <laughs> as, long, as long as you can dump it quickly for cash, people will still do it. And if you, if you go over to BitInfo charts and look at the uh, profitability mining charts and compare them, uh, sure, the price went up a whole lot on BSV, but the profitability stayed the same. So the amount of mining power that came in was just the amount to take advantage of that extra profitability of the price. And that's all. So, yeah. All right. I, I, wanna, I want Gabriel. Gabriel hasn't said much. Gabriel, you've got mining experience, of course. Do you have anything to say about this before I've got a question from the audience for you? Well, I agree with a lot of what you guys said. Uh, if I was mining, if I was mining right now, I would probably want to take my machines when the hash rate goes up on Bitcoin and try to mine some of the other forks, minor forks, because I think that because not so many people are mining it, and there's still a lot of upside potential for the for the small Bitcoin forks, I think that would be profitable. If I was mining, I would probably try to look to mine some some of that BSV or some of that um, Bitcoin cash also, you know, just for profit, just as a business, I could do it. If I was mining, I'm not mining anymore though. <laughs> yes, now, all right, let's get to the question uh, from the audience. Uh, I'll let, this is from Roman Q. This is for Gabriel, I guess. When Bitcoin approaches the $20,000 mark again, will the 2017 style ICO launch madness repeat again? So will, will we have insane altcoin season as Bitcoin uh, pumps? Gabriel. I believe that it, it, it can definitely happen because... You know, all that newcomers, all that newcomers that are going to be pumping up Bitcoin, buying up Bitcoin at those incredible new heights. Eventually, they're going to want to try to cash out and cash and catch the next the next Bitcoin. Right. So yeah. what I think we might see is a it's a big increase in the alt in the next 12 months. And as is, as it happened last time, the biggest pump of the altcoins was like one or two months right after the peak of Bitcoin. So I think definitely there's a lot of a lot of up potential, uproom potential for all the altcoin market. And I think the smart people are going to make millions of dollars in these next two years with the altcoins. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Abriel. Um, but I'll just say this. I don't think it'll be as bad as last time. Uh, and here's why. Last time, the ICO craze was really a new thing. A lot of people didn't realize what was going on with ICOs and that they're really securities and that they're investing in a company. And, and they saw a lot of legal repercussions from that regulatory crackdown. But also, they saw a lot of people lose all their money, lose their shirts on some of these ICOs. So uh, we'll still see it again, absolutely, because when the prices rise and people have all these profits in Bitcoin and a couple other coins, they want to reinvest that money. They want to get that surge again. And that will always attract fraud. The scammers, the snake oil salesmen, the liars and the frauds are all going to come out of the woodwork again like they did after 2017 because they all want a piece of the pie. I mean, in early 2018, late 2017, you could go to China and have a PowerPoint slide with just repeated nonsense and get millions and then play that same slide again with a different title up top and get millions again. And people did that. It was ridiculous. I don't think people are going to be that foolish again this time, but there's still going to be people trying. Hess, will they be this foolish again? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they will. So uh, one of my theories is uh, a lot of these altcoiners, uh, 
you know, consider their coin as a, as a peer to Bitcoin and that'll act the same as Bitcoin. So a lot of these people saw, you know, a lot of these, a lot of uh, Bitcoiners picked up some Bitcoin in the 2013 bubble. So I'm, I'm an example of that. And, you know, we wrote it down uh, 85%. And then, you know, lo and behold, uh, Bitcoin 100x uh, after that, you know, and then it's come back down 85% and it's on its way back up. Now, people believe that, you know, Neo, Cardano, you know, just because they're down 90%, 95%, Bitcoin was down there once again. And one of these days, I might be able to sell my bags, uh, you know, at 100x uh, from this point to, you know, some lesser fool. So they've completely misunderstood, you know, uh, fundamentals. There's a lot of unit bias that plays in. Uh, and look, even though there was a big craze uh, about ICOs and whatnot, uh, you know, the, the market for uh, newbie uh, retail money is still wide open. And there'll still be a lot of like new retail people. Uh, coming in, looking for profit, seeing Bitcoin 10, 15, 20 grand, uh, you know, seeing the shitcoin flavor of the month, uh, you know, a penny a piece. And they'll say, you know what, let me roll the dice. Uh, you know, and a lot of these other other shitcoins, the, the NEMs and the NEOs of the world, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm sure they believe from the, from the bottom of their heart that it will be a, another Bitcoin moment. And when Bitcoin pumps uh, 20, 50, 100x, their coin uh, will move alongside it. So, uh, yeah, uh, dumb money uh, it still overwhelms smart money uh, at this point in the in the uh, crypto uh, ecosystem's lifetime. No, I, 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 agree. I, I agree, dumb money. But hey, in the long run, the dumb money flows to the smart money. It flows to the long term thing. So, hey, this is where the big boys play. Let them do what they're going to do, baby. Let them let them do what they're going to do. Let them learn about the having, et cetera, et cetera. We'll see what happens. All right, now. We're going to move to Venezuela. Gabriel, right. I, 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 and guys, you can ask Gabriel questions in the, in the uh, chat if, if once he reveals everything he's about to say. So, so Gabriel, the, the Petro is actually real. It seems, yeah. like something, it, it seems like something China would like because uh, with the Petro, you do not control your private key at all. You're, you're relying on a, a third-party website. Uh, Take it away, though. Take it away. Tell us what's going on. All right, guys. The way I see it, we are experiencing live uh, this experiment, okay? We have seen the, the start of a new movement worldwide in where the central banks are creating their own crypto, crypto assets, okay? Their own cryptocurrencies. We see China creating their digital yuan. We see uh, Turkey trying to do the same. We see Russia trying to do the same. And just a couple of days ago, it's just some news about the uh, European Central Bank just just about to roll out their their crypto euro, right? So in in this order of ideas, we see Venezuela as the first experiment, uh, as a big as a big experiment, okay, in which this centralized currency is being deployed with i will say a lot of success a lot of trouble at first but in in the big picture it, i think it has been a great success for for the intentions of the government which you might say might differ if, if you have like a political opinion or whatever i'm just trying to look at it as in the crypto and just looking at it at the crypto way right because all the all the petros that you might hold they are actually in control of the of the government. You you have the permission to use it, but all you don't have your private keys. All the exchanges that do have the petro, uh, those wallets are controlled by the government basically. And with the petro app, that is the same case, in which you can use your petro, right? You can receive, you can send, you can do all that, just like if it were Bitcoin or or. or whichever other cryptocurrency, but uh, they have the regulations. So one of the ideas of why this is centralized is to prevent corruption, okay? Because as, as we know, Venezuela has a long history of corruption, and this way the government is going to pay for everything that the government contracts in Venezuela, they're going to pay in Petro. So they're going to have a, a very good way of finding out 
who moved it, how much money to where and why. And it's, it's so big, this, this watch over, that even if, let's say, you want to try to sell a thousand petros, right? That you acquire le legitimately. But if you try to do a big movement like that and you did not notify to the government, you might as well get blocked. So there's a strict control uh, about the movements of Petro. And uh, the, the, give, the, give, the big takeaway, I think I might say, is that there has been millions of people onboarding into the Petro app, which is, I think is really amazing. You know, of course there's problems. It's not perfect. But I think they're, they're on the right track about onboarding everybody in Venezuela into using, actually using cryptocurrency. Yes. So in, in the long run, if the people are smart, because in the app, well, let, let's back up a second here. The Petro yeah. was given out to pensioners. The Petro, and, and they spent it. They didn't. But if they were smart, they could have turned it into Bitcoin. In the app that you showed me, they allow you, the Venezuelan yes. government allows you to turn Petro into big, not only Bitcoin, but I think Litecoin and Dash also, right? Do they allow you to withdraw yes. it? Allow, allow me please to share, to share, to show you just a little bit, really quick. They, they, they do. Can it. you see my screen? Can you see my screen? Uh, uh, it's dark now. It's a, it's a dark screen. You, okay, you did something. Uh, now, 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 try, try again. Okay, I'm going to stop sharing and try to do it. I want to show you the, the Petro app application that they have, which is not bad at all. I think it's it's pretty good because I want you to see it just to, to tell you why I think it's so good. I want to tell everybody that it's linked to below too. I linked to the links. Gabriel gave me a bunch of links that, it, that talk about this and you can actually see what the heck is going on. Um, dude, your, your screen share was working before. That's the, uh, that's the thing. Well, any, well anyway, you, then. you, okay. Yeah. You told me Gabriel that, um, you, if you buy the Bitcoin with the Petro, you can get, send that Bitcoin off of your wallet. You, you can become fully in control of your Bitcoin, which is a, uh, Hey man, I, I, I would think more people in Venezuela would want to do that. And also I got to say, yeah, it looks like the Venezuelan government is "quote unquote" winning because they had a horrible currency called the uh, Boulevard, and now they're able to transition into this other thing that actually has some value because the Boulevard had no value at all. So, Gabriel, are you there still? I see now. Ah, oh, now we can't even hear you. All right, Rep. Oh yeah, he left. He'll be back though. Rest of guests. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, okay. Good. 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 So I, we're all still here. Talk it's just, until the time. It's just it's just Gabriel that's gone. All right. Okay. We'll talk about some other issue as as Obi Gabriel Maduro, reappears. Obi Maduro came for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. That, pound that like button for the safety of Gabriel, everyone. I, I'm sure he's all right. He he will return. Okay. Uh, let's see. Ed, did you have any topics that you brought to the show that you wanted to discuss today? I, I really want, just want to comment on the, the, the Petro because Gabriel pointed out a couple of times that you don't have your keys, that you don't get to control your own Petro, that the government controls it all. So it's really just balances on an account. And I think that yeah. means that for practical purposes, it's not really a cryptocurrency. No, it's not. It's 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 just another, another kind of fiat uh, currency, except that they're saying it's backed by oil. But the fact that they, in their app, created the ability to trade it into a real crypto like Bitcoin and allow you to withdraw so that you're controlling the coin by dint of holding the private keys. I think that's a wonderful thing that really enables uh, the, the Venezuelan people to, to be able to control their own funds. Now, I don't think the uh, Venezuelan government did that because they wanted to enable the Venezuelan people to get Bitcoin and send it where they want. But uh, they wanted to be able to bypass sanctions. But still, it, the, the net effect is probably good for those people. All right. Yeah, very good uh, summary of it. And you and Gabriel mate was careful. He didn't say it was a crypto. It isn't really a crypto. Sorry guys. It's, I it's lost not. Moment. Uh, all right. Yes, good. We you're back. Did you want to do the screen share? Ah, oh, it's terrible. Ah, oh, right with Gabriel's uh oh, this is so it's tragic. He got some of this he got some of his message into us, but uh not all of it, sadly. Uh 
Hass, any thoughts as we uh, wait for Gabriel? Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised uh, the Petro has uh, has any value uh, if they let you convert it to Bitcoin. I would have thought <laughs> everyone would just be dropping Petro like it's hot and just buying that, Bitcoin. Yeah, that that freaked me out a little bit too because the the pensioners got they were given Petro for free. Why yeah, not just right. turn it into Bitcoin and save? But they were hungry, I guess, and they. I mean, who knows? They they needed to spend it. I. Uh, I assume Gabriel is still frozen, but all right, we'll, we'll move on from the Petro for, for a second here. Hass, you had other subject matters you wanted to discuss. Uh, let's see. What did I want to discuss? Besides uh, the plan B, I, I thought you had another, uh, another, uh, article. Okay. If you didn't, that's fine. Then, uh, we'll, we'll go to Ed, Ed, other uh, topic of discussion that you had with you. Um, well, I, I wanted to just mention, uh, there's a project we've been working on at BTG for a while called CCBN, uh, Cross-Chain Block Notarization. Um, and uh, I think we're getting ready. We're going to be putting out the white paper soon. So maybe we could come back and talk about it more on another show. But uh, basically, it's, it's the first, I think, completely decentralized way to do a notarization system to help protect the blockchain from 51% attacks, especially the double spends from 51% attacks. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting, and we're going to be publishing it in, in hopes that other coins can benefit from it as well. Of course, that that won't be a benefit to Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the you know 800-pound gorilla in the room, but there are lots of coin projects out there. They're not all shit coins, and some of them do need better ways to defend themselves against people renting power at places like NiceHash and just running all over their, their blockchains. So we're, we're trying to bring some technology out that can help offer them some, some defense against that. Yeah, there, there are a lot of those uh, smaller coins out there that are no fans of NiceHash because it people rent some from them and they cause all sorts of havoc. So you're going to provide a solution to that, you're, you're saying. A, a solution to some of those problems. It, it solves the problem of 51% attacks being used to create double spends. And, you know, usually that's done to defraud the exchanges, you know, the, deposit a bunch of coin in the exchange, trade for Bitcoin, withdraw the Bitcoin, and then reverse the original deposit so you've stolen Bitcoin. Um, that really hurts the exchanges and it makes the exchanges less willing to, to take the risk. Um, so we're, we're going to offer a, a method that that's the first really decentralized method. Uh, notarization is nothing new. Lots of coins have various notarization methods, but they all rely on various mechanisms to enable it. They just record a hash or they have a, a consortium of elected nodes that can dictate which is the true chain. And, and that's sort of a kind of centralization of power that goes against the, the concept of decentralization as embodied in Bitcoin and in BTG. So we come up with a way to keep it completely decentralized, but still add the power of notarization to help protect the chain. So I'm looking forward to sharing that. All right. People in the audience, uh, Gabriel is still not back. But if you've got questions for the other dudes, I'm you back. can ask them. Oh, well, you back. are back. I'm back. Oh, you're, oh, you are. Oh, good. Okay. Continue. I'm back, continue with the pet. Can continue you, about can what you tell me. me. Can you see, yes. Can you see my screen? No, we cannot no. see your screen. And I don't know if it's worth the shot oh, to even do. Crap. You're going to have that, to just describe it to us. Why? Yeah, yeah. Just describe Just describe us the, the, the app because I think it's what's clicking you off okay. too. When you try okay. To okay. What I, what I think it's pretty cool about the Petro is that in this Petro app, you can hold also Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Dash. So imagine a lot of people that had never ever heard this before or had any contact with because they didn't know it was too complicated or whatever. And nowadays they're being forced in a way to use the Petro, right? And to, to have this application and use it and so on. And now this there's at least 7 million people that right now do have this Petro app and they're going to be wondering, hey, how about changing these Petros for some Bitcoin or how about some buying some cheap Petros and then reselling it on the order books of the exchanges and so on. So there's a big market getting, I think, getting built. It's getting built right now as we speak. So there's at least 7 million people who received uh, half a Petro, which is around $30 just last month. And you could see people going like crazy to the stores that actually did accept it as a payment, just filling the lines, you know, paying with their Petro apps, getting their goods uh, out of freebies from the government. But I think in overall, it was pretty good, you know, because you have a variety of people of all ages 
from young people all the way to old people getting in touch with this technology, getting used to, you know, seeing the addresses and sending crypto and receiving crypto and then how quick and fast it can be done. And then finding out about Bitcoin and Litecoin and Ethereum and whatnot and Bitcoin Gold. And, and you know, and then people start learning more. So I think this is a very big experiment that has been growing up slowly, but it's picking up speed, it's picking up fire, it's getting up momentum because of so many millions of people that are being practically forced to use it. And I think it's going to be a huge growth for the Bitcoin industry in overall, just by the big impulse that the Venezuelan uh, is, is giving to the world, because there's no other country in the world that I know of that is pushing cryptocurrency so hard as the Venezuelan people right now. Well, again, this might be an example that author authoritarian governments look at and say, oh, if Venezuela can monitor uh, every uh, payment. Uh, and if I, yeah, if, if I may add, sorry to interrupt, if I may add, we, we come from a story that two years and a half ago, people was being prosecuted and being thrown in jail just because of having one end miner, just because of talking about Bitcoin on the street. We've gone from that to the government just pushing everyone to use it, to use Bitcoin, to use whatever cryptocurrency you like. We've gone to that, you know? It's been a big, big, big change in the posture of the government. Now, I, I do want to say, there's somebody in the, in the that said in the chat here, I want to correct this guy. He said, if it's a yeah. government-designed wallet, they will put a backdoor in the wallet. Dude, there's no need to for a backdoor. They already shut your wallet down if they don't like you. There's no there's no back. It's, it's, it's the front door. It's, it's, it's the front door. They, yeah. they yeah. can shut it down at any yeah. time. They, they, they've shut down people's wallets, correct? Gabriel, you were telling me that. They, they, they shut yes, if if you try to do a big a big movement of Petro, and you have not notified the government on why you are doing this, you might get blocked. It's not for sure, but you might get blocked. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a, it's a centralized it's centralized man. It's, it's yeah. not Bitcoin, but you can exchange it for Bitcoin. So I think so, that part. So this is a cool. This is a two part question here. Why are they letting people exchange it for Bitcoin? Yeah. Well, and yeah. once and once you exchange it for Bitcoin, as you told me, you can get the Bitcoin off of there. So once it's off of there, you control your Bitcoin private key and you win. I mean, that, that's the end of the story. But yeah. why did they yeah. put that option in there? Why did they put yeah. that option in there? I, I, could, I could say, why not? You know, why not? It's cool. Well, you know, they, they, want to, they want to promote to, to everyone to use crypto, including Bitcoin. They're yeah, giving you the opportunity. If you, if you can withdraw quickly enough, you know, you have your Bitcoin, no problem. I, I have a theory as to why they might be allowing that. Um, they're probably keeping yeah. close tabs on how many people are withdrawing and how much Bitcoin, because they have to manage how much they hold on the markets. But here's the thing. Of course. Uh, Venezuela wants to get around sanctions. And to get around sanctions, they need to use Bitcoin. They need to, to, to deal with the fact that Bitcoin in routine transactions is fairly traceable. Now, what easier way to hide an illicit transaction than to have a whole bunch of legitimate transactions being done by people all over Venezuela selling a little bit of Petro for Bitcoin and withdrawing it? it, it you can't tell from the withdrawals whose wallet it's coming out from because it's all coming from effectively the government. So tracing that coin, tracing those coins out to see who's using what for what purposes is really difficult. It's going to make it harder for other countries to keep sanctions on Venezuela. Yeah, that's good. That's a, that's a, that's a if interesting. If I may add to what you said, yes. it's pretty correct. If I, yeah, if please, I may add, add. Uh, the only ones that can actually track for, track for real all the petrol transactions are, are the, is the government. Because mm. in every wallet that you hold petrol, it doesn't matter if it's on an exchange or if it's in the Petro app, you have to go through KYC, you know? Mm -hmm. So they know who has the Petro and they know where to move, they, where you move it to. So they it's, it's, a, it's a dream for a, for a country that wants to control their currency like really hard and know who moves what to where and when. It's perfect for the government purpose of controlling the money supply and knowing who moves what to where. I have a question for you. And um, are there yes, any other countries or merchants from other countries accepting Petro at this point? 
That is a very good question. And I might say yes. As you can use your Petro app, it doesn't matter if you're Venezuelan or not. You can still log in. You still have to do KYC and all. For instance, today I was uh, talking to a woman in Ecuador who was asking permission for to the to the government, Venezuelan government, because she wanted to cash in to receive as payment fifteen hundred uh, fifty making into fifteen hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, as she was selling some stuff to Venezuelan people in Ecuador that already have Petros. So slowly, you might see there's some spreading around the Latin American countries, slowly. This is the first indict of that, but I think it will slowly, uh, you know, repart ar around. It will slowly do it. All right. Thank you. Yes. yes. Uh, you were going to say something else, Gabriel, I think. Yes, if, if I may add, the the the, the petrol um, market was pretty down the last the last month because of the new supply to the, the you know seven million people got half a petrol, so all these people trying to sell this petrol drop the price down. Okay, the exchanges that are in Venezuela, there are seven exchanges. They have liquidity, but they have low liquidity. So if you want to cash out for Bitcoin or for Bolivar, it's maybe half a petrol. You can do it, probably, no problem. You won't get the $60 price. You might get a $50, $52, $44. But if you want to move a big amount, it's not enough liquidity on the exchanges. That is one part. But since two days ago, when President Maduro came out and said those big news, I was pretty impressed about it. I was like, okay, now this means real business. He said this, if I if I may say it. He is going to sell 4.5 millions of barrels of oil only with petro that's the start you know that is worth around 270 million dollars worth of oil that it's going to be sold with petro like the only way that you can buy it now is if you buy petro okay that is one one big thing and then after he sells this 4.5 million he will sell 50,000 barrels a day of oil through Petro, okay? This is, I think this is a very, very, very big news because if you can actually cash out your Petros for oil, for real oil, then it's for real, man. So I think that was a big announcement. And after that, the after aftermarket, secondary market of Petro just pumped it, pumped it. You know, it was trading around $35, $39 on the, on the big volumes OTC. And it jumped like $10, $12 to almost $50 now on the big volumes. So that was a big announcement. Now, how, how that, since, since there's all sorts of sanctions on Venezuela, how will organizations, companies, countries, how will they buy Petro? They're not going to be able to wire in U.S. dollars, obviously. They're going to have to buy Bitcoin, aren't they? They're going to have to buy some sort of cryptocurrency. I think the Venezuelan government will be open to receive whatever kind of crypto you want to trade it for. You know, I think they have a group of people and they're pretty, they're pretty intelligent and pretty smart. It, and, and if you see it in, from the outside, the Petro is just another name for Bitcoin, you know, from the outside perspective. Because if you can buy... Petros with Bitcoin, and you can buy Bitcoin with fiat. Then what's the problem? You know, it's solved. Do you, do yeah, you think the government? Do you think one of the government's long-term plans here is to bail itself out, out with Bitcoin to try to get as much to sell these Petros for Bitcoin and just <laughs> and from then they'll, they'll, they'll be. Well, there, that can't quite be the... I think they do want to help themselves by stocking up some Bitcoin as a reserve currency, which is notable also. The first publicly announced... Uh, countries effectively using Bitcoin as reserve currency. Uh, but I, I don't think they're really using this as the bailout because remember, although people are bringing in Bitcoin to buy the petrol, they're then spending the petrol to buy the oil. So what they're really effectively doing is selling the oil for Bitcoin, but making the petrol stay in circulation. It's, yeah. it's a really interesting you know, way they yes. put it together. I'm fascinated by this. Yes. Um, what, what yes. for reference, what yes. is the actual price of a barrel of oil that's the basis of this? Because I know they're, they, they pegged it to the price of a barrel of oil officially. On the markets, obviously, it's trading at various values and responding to news. I'm assuming those are always at, at a slight discount to the actual price of a barrel of oil. 
Yes, and if I might add to what you're saying, they did a like a basket. So a part of the price is based on the international oil price, and then there's two other commodities, which is uh, diamonds and gold. So they try to put a, a, the most stable rate that that they that they can right now. The face value of petrol is around sixty dollars. Okay. Okay. So yeah. And if I might add the other announcements that were also really promising, which is, uh, you know, Venezuela, they produce, we produce a lot of uh, iron, right? So the president also said they're going to, they're going to sell 1 million tons of iron through Petro. That is around in this next year, this is around $550 million worth of iron to be sold this year. I think it's a nice volume above that. The president said that all the services that the, the republic provides to the citizens, such as registries when you sell your house or your car, uh, like you know, asking for your passport, and all that sort of documents, official documents that the, the, the government is supposed to provide you, they normally charge it in bolivares or in uh, US dollars, right? And from now on, it's mandatory to be done with Petros. So this is also going to force the government itself to prepare them to, to attend all these customers and charge with Petros and the population because they're going to be forced to have their Petro app and to spend their Petros to get their, you know, their papers from the government. Above that, if I may add, uh, most of the most biggest uh, private companies in Venezuela that are owned by the government, such as the... Baer, which is the Bolivarian Airport Institute and the Port Institute for Ships. You know, there's a company in Venezuela called Bolipuertos. They control all the ports in Venezuela, right? And this company, it's already has all the infrastructure and all the system to start charging to the ships that come and go and move merchandise and all that, to start moving all that with Petros. You know, so I think even internationally, uh, there's going to be a demand because there is a big supply of goods go coming to Venezuela and all these ships, they're going to have to pay for their services at the port with Petros. So they're going to demand it because they want to, you know, upload their stuff here and get paid for it. And, you know, that's yeah, going yeah. on. And I've got a, there's another thing on top of that because there's so much stuff. Let me just get it out. Uh, these guys, uh, they are building they say the biggest exchange in Venezuela, which is going to be controlled by the government with, it's called Patria Exchange, which in English will be like a motherland exchange or fatherland exchange, where you, you're going to be able to exchange your Petros for Bolivares and or Bitcoins and whatnot within the realm of the government. You can also do it, which is very interesting. There's seven private exchanges that are licensed and everything that allow you to exchange your Petros for Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dash, and, and other cryptocurrencies. So the ecosystem is growing. The government is pushing everyone to use Petro. The sanctions, actually, I think sometimes, you know, I think these guys, they, they, they are together behind the scenes, all the presidents around the world, because Mr. Donald Trump has done nothing but help the adoption of Bitcoin around the world even with all these sanctions on Venezuela, because how else is Venezuela gonna, gonna survive? You know, they're pushing, they're, the United States is pushing Venezuela out of the traditional financing system. And, uh, you know, it's just helping the Venezuelan people to get on board on cryptocurrency. And the Venezuelan government is also pushing everyone here to get them on board. So I think at the end it's going to be, you know, a huge success story for cryptocurrency starting from Venezuela to all over the world. I want to ask you a quick question, Gabriel. I know we're almost out of time, um, but someone in the chat just asked a, an interesting question. Um, they were asking, are miners yeah. still affected in Venezuela? Are they still getting busted for mining? What's the situation for them today? And I'd love to know that. Not too. anymore. Yes, I can add to that. Right now, there's a very good climate for big, big farming. You know, you can you can come here and you can get your license with the government. You know, you explain them like, OK, I'm going to invest 20 million dollars worth of machines. I'm going to bring them here. I'm going to put my own electric power. I'm going to rent this place. Please allow me then give me permission. And they study your case. And if you qualify, you know, if they like you and stuff, 
they give you a license and you can you can mine on the big scale in Venezuela, completely allow it and regulate it. It's cool Thank you. now. Well, I, I got to yeah. say, you told me the other day that life on the street has appeared to get a little bit better recently. I mean, now that people are getting free, yeah. a few people have gotten free Petros. It's it's not <laughs> it's not as bad lately. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, yes, I, 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 yes, for you know, no, I can I can tell you some story. There, there's there's a there's been a, a fleeing of people. Around five to seven million Venezuelans left the last two three years, especially the last year. So there's less people in Venezuela demanding you know services from the government and food and whatnot. So there's less people. It's less crowded for one. And uh, like three months ago, the president also they allow it. Uh, the people to use the U.S. dollar note bill, you know, it's completely allowed now. We we went from completely forbidden that you could be thrown in jail for carrying a hundred dollar bill, you know. It went from that to being completely allowed, where everybody in Venezuela right now has dollars on their pocket. I mean, everybody from the smallest business and the poorest people, from and to the highest and richest and biggest business, they're all accepting U.S. dollars everywhere it's like right now is the national currency fiat currency on the street is the u.s dollar you find it everywhere you can buy anything with dollars nowadays so the, the that helped a lot also the situation because we didn't have bills because of hyperinflation you know it, it's amazing so the boulevard no need for it anymore you can use your dollars on the street or your it, electronic money is going to be this petro thing yeah. so we, we'll we'll see how it uh we, we well, I mean, not, I, I'm really happy that you're on the show today to explain all this to us now because we're not really getting all of this news. We get bits and bits and pieces. So yeah. I, I think it's unfortunate uh, that they, it's it's not a real cryptocurrency yeah. person and that they're going to monitor everyone. But let me say this. It, if you guys, if anyone from Venezuela is watching yes. this, and, and if the government is giving you this stuff for free, sometimes uh, you're getting paid, you're pay turn it into Bitcoin. Turn it in because – who knows how much they'll eventually print of the petro? I don't, you know, I don't trust governments to do a good job with their centralized digital currencies. But as long as it, you could turn it into cryptocurrency right now, do it as soon as you can uh, with, with that petro. I would not be a holder of petro. I'd be a dude that would take advantage of what they've given me. They're giving me petro. I'm going to turn it into Bitcoin, and that's that's going to be my key to success, I guess. So, uh, any any conclusionary thoughts there, uh, Gabriel? I couldn't agree more. I, I couldn't agree more with you, man. And as a matter of fact, you could look at Petro as if it were USDT, right? Because it's basically a stable coin centralized, right? So it's our USDT is Petro, you know? When it, Bitcoin's falling down, oh my God, I want to lose my money. You can change it for Petro. And Bitcoin stopped falling. Uh, you feel now is a good moment for a swing trade and you think Bitcoin is going to go to the moon. Well, you trade your Petros and then you take your Bitcoin and you ride your ride with the rocket to the moon. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we, will, uh, we will see how this all uh, continues. I think there'll be some people from Venezuela that will have some commentary on all this. They, they always do in, in the Twitter and stuff. So I look forward to seeing that. All right. Let us let us uh, get. Well, I guess we'll conclude the show here. We got into the hour mark here. Uh, Hass, you haven't said anything. I don't know. Do you have any comments on uh, on any, everything that Gabriel said and, and any uh, conclusionary remarks? Uh, it sounds uh, extremely encouraging, uh, especially because I think uh, Venezuela might have some of the cheapest power in the world as well. Uh, so yes, uh, the so cheapest, the cheapest one. Well, there you go. So now that there's a, uh, so now that there's a, a, a favorable uh, regulatory environment, uh, I imagine we might see a big uh, pickup of, uh, of mining there. And uh, just on an unrelated note, I've posted a, a link uh, in the chat about selling the news. Uh, Craig Wright's lawyer has uh, just confirmed that Craig does not, in fact, have the keys. So it's going to yes. be interesting. Uh, what happens with uh, with BSV uh, over the next few days? So I've uh, yeah. I've put that link in the chat. You put that in our you put that in our chat. I think did you put did you put it in the uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll put it in the notes. Yes. I'll put it. I'll, it's in the I'll, YouTube I'll, chat. Okay, it is. Okay, good. Yes, it is. Good. Well, there you go, you altcoin freaks. 
<laughs> there's a little news about uh, he does does not have the private key. Of course he. I mean, we all do that. So that that now they uh, the speculators will sell. Oh, it's such a joke. The whole the whole thing's a joke. They'll come up. Some people will still believe him because people believe cult leaders. That there will still be people that think the dude is Satoshi Nakamoto. I mean. People drank that Kool-Aid in uh, Guyana, so I mean they'll they'll drink this Kool-Aid too. Uh, Hass, any other any other uh, commentary though before we thank you very much for being on the show today, and it was great great to see you as usual. Yeah, look, I've got some uh, some halving commentary. Take it for what you will. Anecdote, uh, but yesterday I was uh, sitting down with uh, with a uh, young man uh, at my office who's uh, who's in on the auto DCA trend now, so I'd. Uh, I'd also like to, to give a hat tip to all of the, 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 the rising auto DCA movement. Now, uh, what that what I mean by auto DCA is uh, set and forget recurring buys of Bitcoin. Uh, if, you, if you check out uh, my Twitter, my pinned, my pinned post is uh, all of the places uh, you, can, you can sign up for a recurring uh, buy. And, you know, I was, I was uh, checking in on his progress. And uh, you know, asking him, have you have you collected enough Bitcoin now to, to transition to a hardware wallet? And uh, and then uh, I told him about the halving, and effectively he's like, "What the hell is the halving?" Wow. So I sat down, I explained it to him, and uh, he went he went off and stacked more Sats. So uh, even a lot of these guys that I've been uh, recommending to just you know put aside fifty bucks a week, hundred bucks a week, you know they they're doing it with excitement. And uh, they don't even know what what the halving is or, or that it's going to happen. So uh, even though it's priced in amongst our community, uh, I think uh, uh, more broadly speaking, uh, you know, people have barely even heard of Bitcoin, uh, uh, let alone that uh, you know the the supply mechanism is based on uh, on halving and a, and a reverse asymptotical uh, supply schedule. So these are all very very uh, encouraging signs. I like the anecdotes. Keep up the good work in beautiful Sydney, Australia. All right, Ed, the fire is finally out. We've uh, we've got some rain. Oh yeah, so, the fire! Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Yes, good, good news. Ed, Ed, your your conclusionary thoughts. I, I'm I'm seeing what's looking to be a wonderful year in the crypto space. We've got all the reasons to be happy. We've got Bitcoin climbing. We've got altcoins climbing. We've got people doing good work. We've got countries. Uh, switching into a fiat that supports the country is supporting exchange in and out of crypto. Uh, we've got halvings coming up on multiple coins that are going to bring people interest. They're going to bring people in. They're going to make them more aware. And yeah, this chat here has reminded me how little most people know and how much more information there is to get out there. So an event like this that gets information out there is always good for the crypto space. It's, it's going to be a great year. Yeah, and it's it's great that uh, the Venezuelan government, in their greed, is getting a bunch of people into a cryptocurrency. I think it mm -hmm. is. I think it is great. Hopefully, they'll know the right thing to do with it. Now, let's Gabriel. Before you do your conclusionary thought, there is a question uh, from from the chat for you. Uh, yes. Are there uh, taxes for are there are there are there taxes for trading Bitcoin? Uh, capital gains taxes, or are there anything like that in Venezuela? No. No capital gain taxes no. for Venezuelan people. We are sovereign. Okay, not, nothing. Okay. Uh, all right. Just tax good. the all normal right. way. If... Oh, yes. great. Hang on. All right. Go ahead. Uh, it was your conclusionary thoughts now. Well, uh, the first of all, I, I'm very thankful for being here. I love you very much and your 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 channel and with my our friends here, Ed and Haas. You know, it's a great opportunity to expand the community. And I just hope that everything grows. And like Ed said, this is going to be a great year. And like has said, you know, uh, everything is growing and there's big expectations. From here to the next 12 to 24 months, I think uh, the right players playing the right hand, they're going to get filthy rich and wealthy, man. All right, good, good attitude there. Pound that like button, bang that bell button, everybody. Now, check out all the links below. The ones that Gabriel provided, I believe you might actually be able to sign up if you're not a Venezuelan citizen with one of those links to get the Petro, yes. right? Yeah, you can sign up, no problem. Again, people, if, your country, if your country has sanctions against Venezuela, I would uh, 
you could just browse that thing. I wouldn't try to sign up for anything that has anything to do with protect the, yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you so look you know at, look to see look to see if your country is has sanctions against uh, uh, Americans. Yeah, don't don't be signing up for that. Basically, is, is what worry. I'm saying. But Venezuelan, Venezuelans don't don't go sanctioning people around. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Anyone can sign up if they want. It's it is, free. It's it socialist style. It's for yeah, everyone. It's, a, it's for everyone. It, if you like, it is it, linked you, can, to, you can sign it up. It is linked to below. He provides some very unique links down there. So I do uh, encourage people to, to, to look at what's down there at least. All right, dudes. That's the end of the show. Very great, unique show today. We got the best guest in the freaking space. Ah, spread the word on Twitter. I'm TechBall to E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Hello, my elite friends. Goodbye, my elite friends. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to the channel, like this video, share this video, check out the links below. And let me just... Uh, Say Shabbat Shalom to everyone. Have a great weekend. New show here every day. We will be back Saturday. This week in Bitcoin will be, of course, every single Friday. Who knows what time? Who knows what guests? But you know they're going to be awesome. See you guys. Pound that like button. Goodbye. All right.